welcome to another edition of Flea Market Fantasy, the world's second greatest Bronze Age era comic book podcast. Joining me as always is new Mike L, Kevin Jank. I am here and I am befuddled. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, last week here on the program, our old buddy Mike L was here, you know, and uh, yeah. he uh, he did an Animal Man book, which, you know, was, you know, whatever. And uh, there's a coyote in there. <laughs> it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. There's a coyote in there. Could have been worse. And I was like, yep. you know, I, I like uh, this is a perfect tie-in for for a book I never read, but I'd hear tell of. Uh, coyote from Epic yeah. Comics, 1983. <laughs> and we're going to do issue one here today because I had never read Coyote. I had no idea what it was about or what was going on. And now this week, Jack, after reading the first issue of Coyote. I still have no idea what it's about or what's going on. No, I'm so confused. What? If it wasn't for Mike L. talking about this, that he, he bought the entire series that one yes. time, like I would have never heard of this, and I think yeah. I would have been happier that way. That's the same with me. I'd never heard of it either. Uh, and Because uh, Mike L. was on a run of buying all Steve Englehart stuff. And then mm-hmm. uh, he would – but he never really read the series, I don't think, even though he, he bought it and then sold it before I think he even read it. Because yeah. uh, then one day Mike L. Re- realized, oh, wait, Steve Englehart really wasn't that good. <laughs> and then he just sold it. <laughs> but, that seemed to happen a lot. Like he would read one book that was like, oh, this is pretty good. Yeah. Let me buy everything this guy ever did. Oh, shit. Mistakes Co- have been made. The Coyote series, it was created by Steve Englehart and Marshall Rogers. Uh, oh, oh. Do you remember Marshall Rogers? Doesn't sound familiar. I, I believe uh, he did the uh, Silver Surfer, the one in the late 80s. Like, he started that one off, I think. And then okay, Ron, Ron Lim came in, you know, yeah. after that. But he was also, he worked with Engelhart on Batman. And they had kind of a uh, significant run on Batman. So oh, that's yeah. how they started working. But they created this Coyote stuff. And uh, <laughs> it's pro- the series is probably most famous because uh, Todd McFarlane had his first published work in a oh. backstory in Coyote issue 11. Damn, we should have done that one. Eh. <laughs> Maybe it would have made more sense. <laughs> not a fan of that either. You would think starting at issue number one would uh, would help us out, but yeah, didn't. not so much. Uh, all right, so this Coyote, uh, again, created by Englehart and Marshall Rogers, although the artist here today is Steve Lealoa. And we'll talk about him in a minute because I love the art in this book. Uh sure, yeah, it's interesting. It's it's uh, I loved it. it's its own thing for sure. Yeah, uh, and the coloring and everything. Oh my goodness, I thought visually this book was yeah. really good, but uh, yeah. Uh, all right, so anyway, um, the Coyote character first appeared in Eclipse magazine issues two through eight in 1981. And those were like uh, Eclipse magazine. I I believe it was a black and white. I think it was, but it was like an oh. anthology. They had a, a bunch of different stories in there, and like so, each uh, uh, coyote thing was ten pages long, you know. And then those uh, ongoing stories they were collected in a color trade paperback called "I Am Coyote." Ah, yeah, they briefly mentioned that in this one. Yeah. So then uh, he got its own series here for Epic Comics in 1983. Epic was Marvel's creator-owned imprint, mm-hmm. and it did not adhere to the Comics Code. No, but this was approved by the Cosmic Code. Oh, <laughs> whatever the fuck that is, did not know that. <laughs> but uh, at least the Cosmic Code approves uh, uh, boobs, because I, I think you see a little yeah. nipple in this, just a hint of a nipple. And swearing, yeah. you can say shit. <laughs> yeah. And horny. The character is horny. Yeah. And it, there's there's some love making so going on in this issue. So uh <laughs> Yeah, you think, I think this would be a great issue with all those qualifiers, but <laughs> somehow I still managed to miss the money. Uh, not, not so much. Now Epic, uh we've talked about Epic on this show. I don't know if you were here, Jank. This was pre Jank. I don't know if I don't think you were a guest on this, but we did Dreadstar. Oh yeah. For Dreadstar like that uh kind of like a swashbuckler out in space and he had a monkey. Um, I, I don't think you <laughs> were on that episode. No, but, definitely uh, not. Yeah, so that that was Jim Starlin, I believe, if I'm remembering properly. So, yeah, Epic was creator-owned stuff. Because so, Englehart had left Marvel in a dispute over creator rights. And then uh, yeah. Jim Starlin called him up and uh, got him back to go come over to Epic. 
So he's like, all right, let's, let's try this. This was his passion project. Yeah. You could be doing Batman, but he really wanted to do Coyote. Coyote. Now, we've talked about Englehart many times on this show. Um, I mean, what what do you know Englehart from, Jank? Uh, uh, I think of Defenders. He did Defenders. Yeah. yeah. And uh, didn't he do the West Coast Avengers early on, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I Doctor think so. Strange. Didn't he do some Doctor Strange? Sure, that sounds right. Whatever. Um, <laughs> he's done a lot of stuff. And he, he's done several of his. I think he lists here. his credits, some of his credits in that opening monologue here. Yeah. Um, yeah, he does have an opening Spider monologue. Spider Woman. Steve, oh, Steve Leolo. That's, that's Steve Leolo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he did a lot. Of that. And but, Doctor Strange and Captain America and Mantis. Now, I did, guess he created Mantis and Avengers. Probably didn't. Yes. Write I was going to say, Mantis, Mantis didn't have her own series, <laughs> did she? Yeah. No, I don't remember that happening. Yeah, who knows, though? You know, we'll have to go back and look. Yeah. Um, Englehart wrote all 16 issues of Coyote, and then uh, it got canceled there. Now, the artist is Steve Lealoa. We've never talked about him on the show. Uh, he was born in San Francisco in 1952, and his dad was a native Hawaiian. And uh, he freelanced for Marvel from 1976 to 1988. He has uh, 50 penciling credits at Marvel and 100 inking credits. The most uh, penciling he did was uh, he did 20 issues of Spider-Woman. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, we did Spider-Woman before on the show, but I think Carmine Infantino was the artist on the issue we did. Um, so maybe I'll have to go back and check some of his work on Spider-Woman. Yeah, I wonder did, if it looked the same or if he was doing something different here. He did uh, three issues of New Mutants, issues 32 to 34. He, he also drew Uncanny X-Men Annual 8. Which, hmm. uh, yeah, it's the one with uh, Emma Frost on the cover and Kitty Pride, like she's standing over Kitty oh, Pride. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember the book. I don't remember what goes on in the book, but I definitely remember the cover because I had all yep. the X-Men books. Uh, over, then he went to, he did some work at DC. He has 26 penciling credits at DC, and he was one of the artists who worked on Batman 400. And he has 183 inking credits at DC, mostly on a book called Fables. Which hmm. I don't. I never heard of fables. Do you ever hear of fables? Oh, me neither. No. Maybe we'll have to check that out. Yeah, I, I probably won't. <laughs> but uh, like, because it has well over a hundred issues, and he inked pretty much all of them. Like, main anchor on oh. there. So uh, check that out. But do you recognize uh, Steve Leoloa from anything else? No, I was surprised he did some books I've actually probably read. So yeah, <laughs> it wasn't a name yeah. that stuck in my head for some reason. You know, it's pretty memorable. Leoloa, it's, it's different. He he did uh, one of the inking things he did was uh, Secret Wars two. So we probably encountered uh, when we did Secret Wars two not too long ago. He inked that issue. Huh. So, uh, that was Al Milgram on the art. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But I seem to recall oh. when we read that we were like, this is probably the best Al Milgram I can remember in a long time, and maybe that's why Leoloa <laughs> was inking it. All right. Uh, anything else about those creators you'd like to mention, Jack? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I can't really uh, get too much else about Coyote because no one really knows anything about it or talks about it ever. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I don't remember this character ever popping back up somewhere. No, no. It, does he actually exist in the Marvel Universe? Because Epic was kind of, I don't know, nebulous whether those counted or not. Like, Electra, those I think counted. Like, when Frank Miller yeah. do Electra Assassin and... You know, Electra lives again or whatever yes. that, that hardcover was. Yep. I think both counted as part of, you know, Marvel Universe, but. Yeah, he, uh, this coy- there's also a coyote who's a different character in the mar- main Marvel Universe. He was like a villain in Daredevil in the 2000s. Oh. He kind of yeah, looks like familiar. a uh, Harlequin, like a uh, Joker kind of look to him. Like, yep. Um, I don't know. That's like, that sounds like Mark Wade era. Yeah, I think it was actually. Yeah. But, um, Chris uh, Samney. They're kind of I, similar art to this, yeah. I love Chris Samney. He was awesome. Yeah. Daredevil. Big fan, big fan. All right, so let's look at Coyote. Let's look at this cover, Jank. This is also Steve Layla. I should say this. I guess here's some more background on the on the book. Uh, so uh, the idea was, you know, uh, Englehart and Layla would be doing this uh, book, Coyote. They were all excited. It took uh, Layla Five and a half months to draw this first issue. Holy hell. So 
right away, that's kind of like a red flag. Like, look out. Yeah. You know, this could be a problem. <laughs> this book's not going to be out on time. So if you notice at the end of this book, it says in two months or, or it's supposed to be published bi-monthly, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, well, interesting you ask that. So uh, <laughs> it then took Lehaleoa two and a half months to draw issue two. <laughs> and then after issue two, he quit. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. So huh. that was a problem. And so they got Jackson Guise to fill in on issue three. He did one issue. And then he couldn't keep doing it because he was very busy with other stuff as well. So uh, then they looked and they found a new, uh, uh, you know, young artist, Charles Tuag or Tuag. Remember, we just encountered him, Chaz Tuag on Animal. Oh, Man. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He drew the Animal Man. So he took over with issue four and he did the rest of the series. Stuff for but, the Farlin uh, backups. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they would have lots of not lots of, but I think they would have uh I think it was also a fact that True couldn't keep up with the monthly schedule either, so they would have backup <laughs> stories. So, like, the Coyote story would be, like, 11 pages, and then they'd have another story after. Uh, I think Steve did code about Coyote that slows everyone down so much. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think we encountered it. But uh, Ditko did some of the backup stories with the character. It was characters called the Jin, like D-J-I-N-N, you know, the old uh, mm-hmm. mystical thing. Yeah, the Wishmaster. And, yeah, and then uh, McFarland did, I think, 11, 12, and maybe 13 and 14. He had backstories in those issues. And then by 16, it was canceled. So, um, but yeah, Charles. <laughs> admit, to be honest. Chaz Truag, <laughs> two weeks in a row here on Flea Market Fantasy. Yeah, what a real streak. Yeah. But Archie Goodwin was the editor-in-chief at Epic at the time, and he said uh, this series never recovered after Leia left. Like, I mean, it had a unique visual and everything. So it's like, oh, this could be something. Yeah. And then once he left, it's like, oh, well, well that's not going to be. And, and the, they were just always late and running. I guess at a, at a, uh, at a comic book convention before Coyote was released, when they were just talking about the idea and how it was going to be creator owned and just, uh, Englehart and Leia Loa were going to be doing it. And someone asked him, you know, well, what is this? What's going to happen if you guys can't keep up with it? You know, because if it's only two of you guys doing it, you know, if you fall behind, and Engelhart said, "Well, that's not going to happen," and then it, it happened right out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in retrospect, it probably would have been better just to do it like every three months. Like, were people chomping yeah. at the bit for Coyote? <laughs> they can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah, if they did maybe like self-contained stories, like a quarterly or something, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah why not? But uh, like make them bigger, you know? Because because uh, this first issue it seemed long, right? This was yeah, it sure did. Felt <laughs> <laughs> like an eternity. Yeah, I didn't check the page, but I I think it had to be at least thirty pages, right? Uh, I'm looking to look right now. I think yeah, it's like thirty-two, maybe. Yeah. So. They stopped counting at a certain point. 32, it looks like. And at, at yeah, one, it could have been 64 <laughs> or maybe 100. <laughs> yeah, it felt <laughs> all the same. And uh, at one point, I don't know what issue it started doing this, but uh, Coyote, they were advertising as uh, voted one of the top eight comics in the world or something. And that was all because somebody, <laughs> so one guy wrote an article mm-hmm. in like some comic fanzine or something saying it was among his eight favorite comics. <laughs> so they put that on the cover. <laughs> He must have been a really big fan of the art and just didn't read it. (laughs) He just likes pictures. Yeah, so let's uh, look at this cover here for Coyote Issue 1. April of 1983 is the cover. $1.50. We got the Epic Comics box. Now, the the cover's a wraparound cover. Yeah, I love a good wraparound cover. Yeah, this is a good one. And uh, when you read it, you know, we're seeing both of them. But the epic corner box, it's like a, a big uh, yellow lowercase e on a black background surrounded in yellow and then epic comics underneath that. But then uh, tell us about the rest of this, Jank. <laughs> well, it's hard to describe because there's a lot going on here. But it's basically there's a night scene out in the desert. Uh, you know, the night sky is there. It's dark. A lot of stars twinkling. And up in the sky, you see a uh, ghost coyote. You know, the spirit of this coyote just kind of in space there with the twinkling eyes matching up with the stars twinkling in the sky. Uh, um, and it looks like there's a rock formation uh, kind of going on the ground that extends up into the air. 
and there's some like cave drawings or like you know Native American drawings on these uh you know on the rocks and then we got a guy who kind of looks like Warpath from the X Men yeah. or Thunderbird um, a little bit a little bit jumping through the air uh and then it says all new all primal first issue and we got a couple of a shot of these two ladies kind of just sitting there in the rocks they're kind of hiking I guess at night wearing like disco clothes well that's a good choice <laughs> <laughs> yeah the one's a white lady with short blonde hair and the one's a uh a black lady with uh longer black hair and they're sisters yeah Coyote's confused about that we learned same father <laughs> different mothers that's mm-hmm. like, like i got around yeah it's getting it done but uh <laughs> i love this the the cover's great like the uh the coloring on this a lot of purples and oranges and yellows and blues and that coyote up there in the sky is pretty awesome on the left there's also a little coyote in the top right you know barking at the moon too see that oh little that's little true little. yeah so the cover yeah, looks pretty great it's like the comic itself it doesn't give you much idea of what's happening but <laughs> what yeah, this issue is about but it, it's cool it's visually looking. appealing though yeah yep and yeah, like you mentioned, there's that little circle there uh, approved by the Cosmic Code. Yeah. I guess Silver Surfer likes it. <laughs> <laughs> so then we look at the uh, credits here, writer, creator, Steve Englehart, artist, Steve Lealoa, colorist, Steve Lealoa, and Steve Olaf. Because the coloring in this book is awesome, too. But I don't know. How do you think they divided it up? If I had to guess, I would say Lealoa, like, maybe colored the... Uh, uh, like the the mystical coyote stuff, maybe the yeah. the folklore. Because otherwise, yeah. how else? How else would you? Or I guess they could have just broken up anyway. But I don't know. Maybe that's what happened. Um, Did you notice that everyone on here is named Steve? Yeah, is that a joke? <laughs> <laughs> We've got Steve Engelhart, yeah. Steve Leoloa, Steve Olaf, Steve Orzakowski, Steve Goodwin, Steve Duffy, and yeah. Steve Shooter. Is that yeah, Steve Shooter or is that just Jim Shooter and they just that's, named that's Jim it Shooter, Archie Goodwin, yeah, Joe Duffy. This is so, like uh, yeah, they did that as a, a, a gimmick, a little, little yeah. joke, I guess. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like everybody's named Steve. Halloween specials where they gave them crazy Halloween names. Yeah, I think it was just a nod to Englehart and Leia Lola with being named Steve, so they said let's play a little okay. joke. But um, <laughs> so you open up the uh, the coyote. The the title itself is in an pretty interesting little font i guess it kind of looks like uh what south uh western kind of a font Um, sounds about right yeah but uh, it's pretty cool so then you open it up and we get a uh welcome back steve englehart and he talks to you about his uh history there and uh, why he's back he wrote a novel too while he was out there uh called the point he's writing a welcome back letter to himself yeah (laughs) welcome back me (laughs) <laughs> so good to see me again. And then he says, uh, Steve Leolo and I have put a lot of energy in the coyote. Our rather modest plan is to create the comics hero for the 80s. <laughs> wow. Swing animus. <laughs> <laughs> and to do that, we're working on both a grander and a subtler scale than most comics heretofore. Anytime someone uses the word heretofore, I just want to smack them in the mouth. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. This guy, he had, he had pretty uh, big aspirations for Coyote. Lofty ambitions, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, not so much. Even lay low, apparently not on board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> long haul. All right, Jake. Uh, how does this, uh, I guess it opens up at the UNV, UNLV College of Anthropology. Yeah. And we see some dudes. <laughs> I, I don't know. They're talking about the weather and shit. And then uh, you explain what's going yeah. on, Jake. <laughs> well, we have a uh, Native American guy working here at this university, the, the College of Anthropology. Very, very red. <laughs> yeah. Bordering on racist, how red this guy looks. Um, yeah, the color. Yeah, the coloring in this book is awesome, but maybe they went a little much in the red here. Just a yeah. <laughs> like if Washington had to change their football team's name, like <laughs> this guy probably recolored. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, some guys are intimidating him, trying to get some information out of him out of Coyote. 
Uh, this becomes like a running thing where they keep going after more people to find out about Coyote instead of just asking the first guy because it seems like everyone knows the same myth. So I don't know why they get part of it from this guy and part of it from the next guy and part of it from the next guy when they probably all know the whole thing. <laughs> like maybe yeah, they, don't be in such a hurry. To... They're like two guys, like men in black kind of guys, two guys in suits. And uh, they have yeah. a little thing in their hand, like is the palm of like a little web shooter. touches your chin. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's what it looks like. And it like, <laughs> like, uh, brainwashes you, knocks you loopy. So yeah. then they, you, you spill your guts, you know? So, uh, yeah, this guy just tells all about the myth of the coyote. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. Well, I didn't do any research on this. If like these are actual folklore of Native Americans or if this is just what Englehart made up, I have no idea. I'm assuming but, it's uh, gotta be real because if it was not real, like Englehart should have put some work into making this make sense. <laughs> That's why I think this has to be, which is so random and like, oh, now he turns into a water spider. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, no sane person could write this, so it has to be real. <laughs> uh, like, it starts out with a coyote up in uh, like heaven with his spiritual. Uh, is it? I guess it's God he's talking to, or it's a, a Native American yeah, guy. Yeah, the great spirit. Essentially. Like, yeah, the great yeah. spirit. That's what I was looking for. And uh, he started out as a dog, right? He was called Dog, but then he played a trick or something, and he said, "All right, now you're Coyote. You don't deserve the title Dog anymore." So you're... But he's like, "I like that. It's sexier." <laughs> that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no way that's an, an actual myth. The Coyote said it's sexier. So. Yeah, that's probably not part of it. Yeah, probably. Uh, but, I, but I guess the Great Spirit asked him to go spread the stars in the sky, right? But uh, and yeah. he put the stars in like a little bag or something. But the coyote, he didn't want to go running around out throughout space, <laughs> spreading the stars. So he just threw the bag and like the stars. <laughs> That's how we got the Milky Way because all the stars kind of clumped together. And yep. uh, th- then the Great Spirit's like, "What the fuck? I told you, to go. all right, you're no longer a dog. You're a coyote, and you can't live up here with me. You're banished down to the earth. You're down there now on the earth. So he goes down to the earth as a coyote." Yeah. And then he, he meets a lady, Jank. Why don't you tell us what happens here when he meets the lady? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, this uh, this took some weird turns. Again, yes, if Steve came out of Steve Englehart's brain, like somebody ought to do some uh, experiments on this man, find out what's wrong with him. Um, So he, he gets sent down to Earth. He sees a lady. He's like, well, I never saw one like this before. She's just, yeah. you know, standing there naked in the street, hey, no. washing yeah. her kibbles and bits. Now she and, has very uh, long hair. But you don't see any uh, any boob. You know, it's like covering up her yeah. boobs. But... Yeah, sadly none none here. They save that for <laughs> later on. <laughs> uh, Coyote wanted to follow the woman, but she walked on the water. She said to him, "Don't you know that on the earth you can change yourself into anything? You can talk to anything and hear anything talk except the water." Why, yes, I knew that all the time. And he became a water spider. See what the fuck is this? <laughs> this doesn't make any. This doesn't track at all. And we don't see him as a water spider. They don't show him as a water spider. No. None of the pictures seem to go with what's happening in these things. But uh, here's my Uh, favorite part, though, coming up. Yeah, yeah, this is where it gets gets steamy here. Uh, (laughs) When they got to the woman's house, he met Ocean Old Woman, her mother. Ocean Old Woman had never seen a man before. Now, he's still a coyote. Not even a sand coyote. (laughs) Just full coyote. He's just a dog. Yeah, and her mom is very old. She's got, like, really long white hair and her boobs are sagging pretty strong. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, you know, that woman in The Shining that gets out of the bathtub. (laughs) Um, Coyote stayed with them a summer and a winter. At first, he had trouble sleeping with them because they didn't know that stuff. (laughs) They didn't know that stuff. Sleeping with a dog. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's not in an actual Native American myth or folklore. They didn't yeah. know that stuff. <laughs> like, how did the old woman have her daughter if she didn't know that stuff? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and he explained it to them. They didn't believe him. <laughs> but when he showed them, they liked it. <laughs> so, so if you're scoring at home, this coyote came down to Earth, started banging a lady and her mom. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's like one of the Ed stories. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> so. Yeah, but they both birth to his, uh, to, uh, to many small children of his, but they all put in a water jug. And the old yeah, woman's but, like, scatter these around the earth. So it's like the star thing all over again. 
He's but the like, children yeah, are like rabbits yeah. and wolves and deer. Like, so. Yeah. Yeah. Those births had to be painful, you know? Given <laughs> pushing out that deer. <laughs> yeah. yeah Oof. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be a section, but now it is. But all the uh, little animals go in the water bucket, like you were saying, and he had to go uh, spread out the animals all over the world. But he does a better job of it this time, though, right? He actually goes around and huh. spreads stuff out. I like that they, uh, they throw some shade because he also – some of them are people. Like he puts different people in different places. Like then he yeah. came here to Ash Meadows, opened the jug for us. Then he went to Moapa where he let out all the, let out all the ugly people. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Moapa. Yeah, so like from show. Moapa is reading this right now with a tear coming down yeah. their cheek. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I was ugly. <laughs> right. So, I don't know. Now we cut away from the myth and the folklore stuff. And uh, now we're back to those guys who, uh, I, th- I think it's the same guys who... The the guy at the museum, his name was Longhorse or something, Jimmy Longhorse or something like yeah, that. Yeah, very Longhorse maybe. So <laughs> now, what exactly is going on here? They they unleash this monster. Yeah, that we end up seeing later on, and I guess to kill that, that guy that they just got that story out of. I assume, but yeah, you just hear boom and bam and wump and bam, and you don't really see what the fuck is happening. <laughs> Yeah, and they find the body later on, and that was a confusing scene too because it's like, what? I didn't even realize at the time that they were the same people that that was this was the guy. Because they yeah. don't show the body later on, they don't like. Yeah, it's a very strange scene all around. Not very well plotted out. So now we cut from that, and we're at a two p.m. the next day, and we're at some like resort hotel. In, uh, is this in Vegas? Is that where they're at? Or? Yeah, yeah. Too bad it's not one of those topless pools. This kind of, <laughs> yeah, you see a bunch of people at, uh, at the pool there, enjoy themselves. And we see a fellow in white pants and a yellow shirt. And anytime you see yeah. a guy in a white pants, do not trust him. That's all I'm telling you. <laughs> do not trust that guy. <laughs> Good advice. But he, he's the hero in this story. The guy in the white oh. pants. Now, Santangelo. Santa Angelo, yeah, they call him Sly, you know? Mm-hmm. And and he's Coyote. Yeah. He's the Coyote. Although we don't really know that yet. We learn that uh slowly. But how he meets Cassie, the, the girl with the short blonde hair and her sister Natalie. Um mm-hmm. like they just come in and they say, Hey, moving in. Now has yeah, that ever happened to you, Jake? Neighborly. Fuck no. Yeah, you're moving somewhere and two foxy ladies come up and say, hey, how you doing? Moving in? Uh, never happens. Never. This is thing, I guess, I guess that one time when Tuffy, or our buddy Tuffy over on the LCS oh, show, didn't right. he like meet a lady because like, she locked herself out or something? That is true. Yeah, but she, she wasn't single, though. She she had like a fella. Yeah. So it wasn't nearly yeah. the same thing. I mean, that's the closest any of us will ever come to this yeah. type of situation. I think. But this is like, uh, I always... Love when this shit happens. Oh yeah, two foxy ladies just come right <laughs> yeah. up to you. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, and he's to live ever. He starts flirting with them right away, you know, and because uh, he's a coyote, he he's horny. This coyote guy, because he's ha- oh. he's like half man, half animal, you know. I don't know. Apparently, he's kind of new to being a person though, or like being in the human world, like. I don't know. So he's yeah. This he's is where very horny be. because I guess he's just been introduced to women recently, and uh, one of them just scorned him really bad. So uh, he's looking. He's on the rebound. Yeah, this is where things get confusing. It, like later on, they talk about his history. Like he's kind of like a werewolf. He's kind of like between yeah. the realm of man and wolf or something. Yep. I don't fucking understand. And then he he can also like <laughs> astral project. Like his spirit comes out of his body and runs around and shit. Yep. I don't understand yeah. any of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was so confused. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, does he have power? Like, he's yeah, kind of like I, Wolverine. He seems to have heightened senses and stuff. Maybe. So, yeah. Would the, would, the, would the best way to describe it saying, like, the this great spirit of the coyote 
is in human form. Is that would that be the best way to describe? Uh, I thought later on there actually he did merge. Like he learned how to be the coyote. Like I thought he was a person at one point, but then he learned to be the coyote from some other guy who was the coyote before him. I have no idea. Fucking <laughs> no <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, see, this is why this this issue was not so good. Like I no, fuck if I know what's happening. And, and I did I did read a uh, article about the coyote. Someone someone else was writing about coyote there. And I guess in like maybe issue three, the letters page, someone wrote in, or maybe they're talking about issue. I think they're talking about issue three. And they said, you know, we're three issues into this, and I still don't know what the fuck coyote's powers are. Or like how he's <laughs> so it wasn't just us. Yeah, it was everyone who yeah. encountered this had no idea what was going on with this book. Like, oh. yeah, I mean, some mystery is good, but yeah, when you don't even know the basics, it's like, well, this is just kind of yeah, frustrating. This is not how you start out a new book. I, it's almost like he's going on the assumption that everyone read the I Am Coyote stuff. Because mm-hmm. later on, they he pro- gets like a, we get a crash course in what happened at I Am Coyote. He just forces the, it into like a, an internal monologue, and it's really clunky. And it's like, what the fuck is he talking about? And it's like, oh, there's a little note. Check out the other, uh, the try. I am Coyote or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, you know, you got to do it better. Well, at least it wasn't, you know, telling it to somebody who already knows it or something. At least it was just all in his head. Yeah, but you got to like, uh, like when you start a new book like this, you you need to show us who the hero is, why yes. he's a hero, why we should care about him, because mm-hmm. uh, I don't give a fuck about this guy, you know. Like, is there no. anything, is there anything likable about this guy? We're getting, we're jumping to the end here, how we recap things, but he, he had sex with the lady, so that was cool. Yeah, but that just makes me not <laughs> like him because he has two hot ladies chasing after him and he's having sex with them for no apparent reason. Yeah, uh, we need to, we need to see why he's a hero, why we should care about him. And there is no good, cause he, like, even his internal monologue, he's kind of like a dick. Um, yeah. not really like, but just like not mm-hmm. a, a respectable, honorable guy. You know, he seems like he's a, He's a trickster, you know, like, uh, so it's like, all right, well, I guess just the way he talks about the women in his mind and stuff, you know, it's like, oh, well, this guy's sleazy as fuck. Uh, why should yeah. I like this guy? But, That's uh, true. And the one girl seems really into him, but he, he's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. He kind of wants to have a three way with both <laughs> sisters. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, we're jumping yeah, way ahead. Sure he would not turn it down. Yeah. All right, so anyway, he's meeting the sisters for the first time here, and they're telling him, like, yeah, you know, different uh, different mother, same father. and uh, But he, he's really into both of them, you know? And he's like, hey, maybe I'll see you around or whatever. Uh, I don't know. They're flirting. Oh, he says, hey, you're a runner, huh? And, and she's like, running? How did you know? Oh, yeah, the body. Because she's so fucking hot. This lady. She has a runner's body, I guess. Uh-huh. And he, he's like, oh, yeah, the body. I do 10 miles a day myself. Uh, I'll try to keep up. 6 a.m., nine miles out on Route 16. Done. So they're going to run tomorrow, the next day. That's what would happen if two foxy ladies uh, moved in next to you, Jank, right? You'd go running with them the next day for nine miles? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I could run the 50-yard dash, I guess. I don't even think that would be possible. (laughs) But I could. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm not going running either, so don't worry. All right, now this guy, uh, the coyote, he's the coyote. A man, I don't know what the fuck going on here. So, all right, Jack, yeah. uh, what happens now? He's trying. I, I guess we should say there's kind of like an Illuminati, a secret organization. The uh, yeah, what, what are the they called? The, something the Shadow Cabinet or something like that. I think it's yeah, called. sounds right. And and for some reason they want to get this coyote guy, although we don't know what the fuck reason why. We have no idea why. Um. And he's trying to take them down. And again, we have no reason why. We don't know why. <laughs> it has to do with, they keep talking about that lady. The lady that spurned him the first time, like she apparently was working for this shadow cabinet and trying to, I don't know, recruit him or kill him or something. Um, and so he found out that she was evil and like she died. And so now he's trying to get revenge on this shadow cabinet. And again, that all took place in those first, installments in epic magazine that were collected in i am coyote but mm-hmm. man it, it would be nice if i don't know usually when the, this stuff happens they give you a flashback or something yeah like one, one page the lady. yeah so we can see what she looks like we can see what's going on like a one-page summary just catch you up on everything you know mm-hmm. we don't get any of that we don't get any of that <laughs> nope 
So now we yeah, uh, kind of yeah. get his backstory a little bit here. Let's see if it makes any more sense this time. Coyote, of the two we've seen, this one's the hardest to explain. Last year, he smashed the Plut- plutonium Oscar plot. 17 years ago, he was a babe whose parents had just died in the desert. He was found by a madman, a madman who claimed that he could become a coyote, a were coyote, when the moon rose over the hills. As it happened, however, he could. He raised the boy as his own for 10 years by himself, and five more with a woman, Moria, who joined them as his wife and mother. She was a psychic vampire. See, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> no explanation of that. Just she was a psychic vampire, of course. Together, they educated the boy, taught him the ways of the werewolf. Um, so, yeah, I guess he was a boy and then got raised by the, this weird couple, and they taught him to walk in this werewolf. But now we, while this is being told, he's like floating around like a astral projection kind of spirit. Yeah, but like his astral projection looks like you know a coyote man, like a were coyote. Yeah, and I just don't understand. I don't know. No, not laid out very well at all. <laughs> and I guess the plot, the lady wanted to bring down Hollywood or something. They were trying to get like the Oscar plot, the plutonium Oscar plot. I think they're going to like destroy the movie industry in L.A. or something. I think that's <laughs> what it was. So <laughs> that's pretty. I, I don't know. Um, but anyway, he shows up at this casino, I guess, owned by the people in the upper cabinet or the shadow cabinet, whatever it's called. And for some reason, he can correctly predict roulette. Like, yeah, I, wow. <laughs> Apparently that's a superpower. <laughs> yeah. Um, that being a coyote grants you. <laughs> yeah. So he, he's, uh, you know, sidles up next to this, uh, foxy lady. And he's like, Hey, you should bet on uh, whatever, 12 or whatever. And she, she bets like three times in her and wins each time. And uh, she's like, oh, you're the greatest. And then uh, some guys come in from the casino and kick him out, you know. And he's like, well, what are you doing there, wise guy? And uh, he's like, I'll be back, though, because I'm the coyote. <laughs> and he's skipping away. <laughs> I don't know. Like, is that his astral projection or is that him as coyote? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Very strange. Because they keep know. calling him, like, he's the one who dances, right? They say he dances as a coyote. He dances through the world. Mm-hmm. That's a couple of references they make to him. Uh, he begins well, to twirl. He is, yeah, he is, he is on a motorcycle now as the coyote, so I guess his that was his real form. Yeah, and apparently he's he's a shit motorcyclist because he just wrecks it right away. <laughs> yeah. Just runs it into some rocks. And he crashes. But luckily... He happens to wreck his motorcycle right where uh, Cassie and her sister Natalie are waiting for him. Yep, that's gonna be so. So he, now he changes back to his regular form, and he's in running clothes. I, I don't know, understand any of this. And uh, he's like, "All right, let's shapeshift." I guess he can just do whatever he wants. I think. I mean, it seems like he could become other things other than just Sly if he wanted to, but he never really does. So then he goes off for the run with Cassie, the, the, the short blonde haired lady, and uh, the sister's eating a sandwich in the Jeep. Yeah, she just loves eating. No running for her, just sitting around eating. Yeah, and like he, he's kind of a dick to her, too. Like, uh, I don't, like even the dialogue's confusing in this. I, I don't yeah. understand what's going on. Uh, like Cassie says, the only one chasing after me is you, big talker. I'm ready to go. And then he says, well, right if you get work. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah like there's a point in this book where he like he's drugged and like he's missing some words from his speech bubbles and stuff and i'm like why is most of the book feel like this like i feel like i'm missing things. <laughs> but yeah the sister's Nothing's eating a and a jeep and she's just gonna drive she's gonna drive and they're gonna run to like a cafe to meet her so i like this sister already she's not into that running bullshit <laughs> Such as eating, which is something you would never do. <laughs> yeah, and then he even like makes fun, like in his thoughts about her, he says, "What does he say about her?" She says something like, "Wow, this girl really likes food." <laughs> Wait, he, no, he says it out loud. He's like, "Real interested in food, that girl. How dare she eat food?" <laughs> God damn! <laughs> what is she doing? Eating? Trying to give her anorexia. <laughs> All right, so uh, Cassie, they do their jog there. They run through the desert, and they get to the cafe to meet Natalie. And then uh, Cassie relaxes while Natalie immediately hops in the Jeep and drives 
uh, slide back where he started so he could get his motorcycle. Yeah, his motorcycle. Yeah. That seems awkward. <laughs> like, why didn't, <laughs> why didn't the sister go with him? Yeah. Or if she's just gonna, why don't you throw the bike in the back of this Jeep? It's got plenty of open space and just drive it to the yeah. fucking cafe. Well, I guess because they had to find the body, but the sister and Sly have to find the body. And I guess Cassie, they don't want Cassie finding the body. Because apparently, uh, this Natalie, she has, uh, psychic powers herself. Yeah, she, I did not understand that at all until later on they mentioned it again. I'm like, oh, that's what happened? I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, but I'm guessing <laughs> Cassie doesn't. And, uh, so, um, I'm sure Engelhard is all plotted out like one sister has powers, one doesn't, and how they, and they, but I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this is just a very clumsy, awkward way to have all these things happen. Like, let's run yeah. through the desert, go back, have the sister split up. I I don't understand any of this. And this um, is so confusing because, like, they keep saying, oh, it's like, it's Harry Longhorse, so he's dead. But they never show a body or anything remotely resembling some yeah. kind of a death scene. And then they're just like, oh, yes, I see that. A Longhorse and a bear. No, something like a bear and a sea slug. What are, you, yeah. are we supposed to be seeing these things? Because I'm, you're showing us nothing. Basically. Yeah, she's seeing them in her mind. She's getting these images. Yeah, they're driving through the desert, and him and uh, Coyote guy here with his heightened senses, he smells the dead body. You know, and he knows it. He recognizes it's a dead body. So he hops out of the jeep and he tells her, "Don't come down here." And then we see him like he's looking towards the camera, like he's seeing the dead body, but we never see a dead body. And. But he explains it, and then she has all that stuff about the the bearish sea slug or whatever. And she also makes a reference to like him. Uh, what did she say about the? She says, "I don't know. It's, it's silly, just images. Something I felt. I really don't know." But the desert is so empty. There are so few secrets. Uh, she also has a line in here about something about uh, him dancing. Right? Doesn't she make a reference to him dancing? And he's like, "Wait, does she know I'm the coyote?" No. Oh yeah, when yeah, they're driving. Maybe. And unlike me, it's hard to live with a man who dances through life. And he's like, did she mean? Wait a minute. What's that smell? And then he smells the dead body. So she can apparently perceive that he's not like just a normal fella. And she's also getting these images of a bear sea slug combination. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the monster. We see the monster later. A little much too peyote. Yeah. That's actually how this started. Uh, Engelhart, if you read those introductions there, he said eh, this idea started back in like 76 where he is talking to Marshall Rogers or something. And his idea was a coyote on peyote. <laughs> and that was the starting point for this. <laughs> so uh, all, all superheroes of their decades start with a good pun. So now uh, the scene shifts again and we're back. We see two cars uh, having an accident on the road there. And it's uh, Foxy, a Native American lady, gets out of her car. And she's, like, uh, yelling at the guy in front of her. So you can't just stop on a freeway like that, you jerks, you know. And uh, But these are the same guys that we saw kill Jimmy Longhorse or whatever. And it, they do the old uh, brain zapper on her because she's also some sort of a doctor, you know, uh, mm-hmm. an- anthropologist lady. And, he, and they ask her, what do you know about coyotes? And again, we get a second uh, rendition of the coyote myth. Where she uh, yeah. now, do we learn what was? Uh, I can't remember anything unique about this uh, version of what they're talking um, about. Well, I guess at the start here, I guess this makes some sense. Coyote, trickster, god of many tribes, Hermes, Mercury, Loki, all the same. So I guess that explains his whole trick with the crafts table and shit like that, or the roulette table. Because um, I guess he, Loki could probably rig roulette and shit, right? <laughs> Hi, he's, got, he's, he's Loki. Yeah, right, he's Loki. Yeah, why not? Oh, in um, this one, uh, the coyote meets a lady, like a lady coyote. Oh yeah, the great spirit gives him that, I guess, as a reward. Yeah, he falls in love with the lady coyote, and then uh, they're they're enjoying their time out in the the uh, southwest there. But then some conquistadors show up, and they're like uh, murdering things. You know, them damn conquistadors. <laughs> Nobody expected the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> so now we cut back to the big uh, casino or whatever. Um, and our buddy, back in. <laughs> yeah, our buddy Sly, yeah, but the, the guys at the door catch him and they brain zap him. They do the thing on his brain now. 
you know? Yeah. And they want to see what's going on with this fella. So they start talking to him. But uh, I guess it's some sort of chemicals they put in your brain to bring, and the chemicals are interacting in his brain and making him go loopy. He's having a real hard time with it, you know? And uh, the coyote spirit leaves his body. Mm-hmm. And you explain the rest of it because I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know either. Um, Coyote says, I planned on this. I know the shadow cabinet. Even these low-level thugs, these bouncers who know nothing of the coyote, who haunts their leader's dreams, would have to be formidable. A coyote is most sly. Um, I can control my dance so the illusion seems as I will what fur. Huh? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't understand that. That isn't what the kettle mac I don't know. <laughs> so I guess he's getting he's getting confused because whatever the, these drugs are, they're affecting him. Yeah. Um, but we shouldn't make them affect the readers. The drug should affect yeah. the character, not the reader. But you know what are you gonna do? So. And like the were animal guy starts talking to the just actual coy- full coyote, and there's like a Spanish conquistador there. <laughs> I don't know. At one point, the coyote, the full coyote spirit, starts making out with uh, Sly's body, I guess. <laughs> I yeah, know. I don't know if he's trying to bite him to murder him, but yeah, it looks like he's Frenching him, you know, right on the mouth. Yeah, sure does. And then he goes back in his body. I guess this was like the this the coyote spirit and the man spirit merging or coming together. I don't know. Yeah, he's I, trying to find his way back in and... He's like, it's up to me, and I did it. I'm Sly. Sly. He's trying to keep hold of his identity, I guess, so that he can, you know, keep from completely shattering. And then the guys just kick him out of the uh, out of the casino. Yeah. So what did they learn exactly from this? The guys. Like, Doesn't they... seem like much. <laughs> yeah. um, but then they go upstairs and they report it to, like, the, the shadow cabinet. Now, the shadow cabinet, there's a guy there with half a head. Have you noticed this? Yeah, this guy was great. (laughs) Because from what I learned, apparently half of his brain is in another dimension. Right? (laughs) Yeah. So I think you made brief mention of that. What he likes to do is he likes to put little birds up there. And then he nurtures them into like some sort of spiritual being or something. I don't understand. But yeah. (sighs) (laughs) That's even better. Yeah. I don't know what Steve or Steve Unglehart was work thinking here, but that it's fucking weird. And then there's I another like half dome, and yeah, he's just got missing. You know, he's a bald guy missing half of his skull. It's so weird. Then there's another guy who's kind of like Destro in a in a robe or something. He's got yeah, like a gold like, face instead of silver. <laughs> yeah, but he's in some sort of like uh, what kind of robe? Like a priest robe or something with uh, purple and blue. And I mean, he's visually cool looking, but. Uh, Kind of like Madame Mask. The oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Madame Mask. Yeah, yeah. Forgot she existed. Uh, so I don't know. Do we know what they're, they want to do this? Uh, sh- they, they, they try to rule the world. They're trying to overthrow the governments of North America, yeah. right? Is that what they're yeah, doing? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Our kind that? will triumph in this world half dome. The suppression of man, the triumphs of the will. We are its destiny now. And yeah, they just want to take over. Yeah. All right, so now we come back to Sly. He's leaving the casino, and he's still all woozy, you know, all loopy on the yeah. uh, on the drugs there. And he feels terrible, and he's uh, – but luckily, Cassie finds him. Yeah. And she's like – instead of immediately thinking he's on drugs, she's like, oh, you must be heat stroke. You're yeah. out in the desert too long, huh? She goes, I know how to take care of you. So she takes him inside to uh, put him in a cold bath, you know, soak him in cold water and stuff. and help him get better. But then he just snaps out of him and he's like, he thinks he's dying one second and then the next second he, he's perfectly fine. He's like, I'm okay. I'm completely okay now. And she's like, what? You creep? Uh, you did all that for a joke or, or to get into my place? And he's like, no, Cassie, I swear I was really sick, but uh, all at once, I don't know. I just got better. It's true. I don't know what happened to me. I just know that you came into my uh, aid. For that, I'm very grateful. Perhaps it was your beauty that saved me. Beauty for the beast. And she says, you're such a bullshit artist. Too bad I always fall for bullshit artists. And then they make (laughs) the sweet, sweet love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sadly, we just cut to afterwards, though. We don't get to see the (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, just after. But but we do see them both naked in the bed, you know. Although uh, they're all their bits are covered up, you know, with arms and legs and stuff. But uh, we do hit, see a hint of a nipple there on her because uh, she says, uh, "He's like, I mean, it doesn't matter now. Now that I'm here with you, Cass, because he was telling her about that old girlfriend that the uh, fucked him up. Because she goes, someone's hurt you in the past. As in, that's what every lady says to me too, Jank. When, uh, <laughs> when we're finally together, <laughs> you're such a torture. You're soul. crying. You're such, <laughs> you're such a tortured soul. Why are you weeping? Yeah, I, I've been hurt. You would make love without crying just once. I've, I've been hurt in the past, and uh, and he's like, I mean, it doesn't matter now that I'm here with you, Cassie. And he's like, you know, I think uh, you mean that. He's like, I mean plenty, Blondie. Hey, what time's your sister coming home? So basically, he, he's naked with this lady in bed. And he's already asking about her sister. You know, this guy's yeah, a real I mean, I got piece the of work. That he was she, you know, asking how much time we got before your no, sister no. gets back. No, but no, no. Maybe he's maybe it's more sinister than that. Yeah, he's asking, hey, what time should you get out? We can make it a three, you know, three way here. And because she's like Natalie, and then she throws the pillow over his face. She's like, let her find her own guy. And he's like, home. Oh. And he's like, be careful. I bite necks. What? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> but but then he hears somebody out in the hallway. So he goes, oh, sh- uh, I got to go check this out. And he goes running out there. And we see his uh, him naked there. I like this shot. It's a pretty cool shot, though, because it's like a mirror. Did you notice that? He's like looking into a mirror there. That's pretty cool. Uh, and he's like, a note for me, but delivered to Cassie's. They followed me. Come at midnight tomorrow. No signature. And he says, no need. Yeah, so, the shadow people. Yeah, it's shadow, fucking shadow people. people. So now, <laughs> Jank, we get more coyote myth stuff because they go to another Native American guy. Uh, I don't know if they killed that lady they talked to, the second one. Uh, we don't know if she dies. Um, probably, right? And then they're talking to this old guy. And this old guy's like, yeah, I guess he'd be coming here to talk to me or something. I don't know. And he starts talking about the coyote. And what does he say about the coyote this time around? Anything? Uh, I think this is just where, like, oh, white people showed up and it was bad. The coyote, like, got distracted for a while and... Coyote saw his children dying, uh, but this was not the worst. The, for Coyote woman, his wife, given him by the great spirit when the people prospered, was also dying. Uh, she was too spiritual to live in the coming world. The closer was settlers came, or the closer the settlers came, the worse it was for, with her. In That's the end, I Coyote too. chose to leave the people. <laughs> like the closer yeah. people come, the, closer the worse it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stay away from me, yep. please. Same. <laughs> so yeah, his wife dies and he's all sad. Uh he just begs the great spirit to kill him, I think. Um but the great spirit's like, No, as long as people are alive, you must be there with them on earth. He's like, God damn it. <laughs> Poor coyote <he's> stuck. <laughs> Alright, so now uh Sly shows back up at the casino or whatever and he's like, Here, I'm here and the guys like blindfold him and they take him up to the uh, shadow cabinet or whatever, these shadowy people behind a big screen. And uh, they're, they're like putting some kind of VR goggles on. on yeah, him, but yeah, I guess that's blindfold. <laughs> yeah, Forty years before VR goggles, they had it. Um, but uh, there's three other people there with them. Uh, I think one lady and other and two dudes. And yeah. um, those guys earlier were like, "Oh, we found a fourth. So yeah, something they saw in him made them think that oh, he's a good choice. So this uh, this shadow cabinet folks, they take him down to this dungeon. And uh, they say, hey, to, to make it to join our ranks, you have to survive, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they release that monster, the bear slug monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I never felt like I got a good enough look at to really tell what the fuck this is. Or yeah, I was like looking it. at it. I'm like, wait, does it look like a bear? Why is it? It doesn't look anything like a bear. It kind of looks. So I oh. guess that, that she saw an image of a bear slug, I guess, because it does walk on like four legs or whatever. But it yeah. looks like a slug, and kind of slimy. Yeah, yeah, I could see that a little bit, but yeah. So it's uh, running around Star Wars kind. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> so uh, this Sly again, being the great hero that he is, he says, "I'm not going to fight that thing. I'm going to hide around the corner and let everybody else fight it." <laughs> <laughs> Smart. So the slug murders one of them, um, and then they fart, start fighting the. Uh, a monster there and then that madam mask guy he comes down and he says all right that's enough we've seen enough 
and he commands the monster back into its truck or whatever. He's like, get back in there, you know? Yeah, this is a weird test. Like, these, none of these people looked like they were particularly tough. So it's like, yeah. what are you trying to put them on? Like, they this can fight sl- a giant bear slug monster? <laughs> like, Yeah, this bear slug monster is beating the fuck out of all of them, really, when you think about it. Yeah. And then he killed one of them. And then the, the mask guy's like, yeah, all right, that's enough. Um, <laughs> We've weeded out the weakest. Yeah, I guess. So he's like, all right. Um, congratulations, you three have witnessed a, a mere fraction of the Shadow Cabinet's power and survived. From this moment onward, you will help us to wield all this and more. I don't even want to know what that means. Okay, so maybe they are strong behind their funny masks. That's what he's thinking. Sly's thinking in his head. But Coyote is still slicker than they'll ever be. And he smiles knowingly. And then in the final panel, we have the mask guy talking to Halfhead. He's like, well, one of these three is definitely our coyote man in disguise, Prime Minister. I feel it absolutely. Very soon now, I shall put my finger on him. Permanently. <laughs> coyote 2, yours in 60 days. So if you want to see him finger blast Sly, it'll be next <laughs> two months from now. So there it is. That's that's Coyote issue one. Thoughts? Yeah. What do you think? Um, <laughs> well, this, this was Russ Sledden. Um, I can't say that I had a great time reading this one. Um, I guess I'll give it a point for Half Dome because he was pretty cool. Um, I like the, the thought of having a guy with half a head. Although at the end there, you notice that last Yeah, panel, they though. drew yeah. the whole head. Yeah, he had the whole head. <laughs> Maybe he gets it like a couple minutes a day, like, you know, supervised visits with the other piece of his head. But, yeah, so, I mean, that was cool. And uh, the, the semi-nudity, I'll give it a point for that. Um, and I guess a point for him being able to say he was horny. <laughs> I could relate to this book. <laughs> but other than that, the plot was a complete mess. Um, the art was good. I liked it. It's not, you know, one of my favorites, but it's definitely unique and it's a, it's an experience. Yes, it's, it's this book. So yes, no complaints there. Yeah, completely distinct look. Uh, the coloring is spectacular. I love the art in this book. Like you said, it fits this book perfectly. Yeah. But to, I, I will be honest that there are some times where I'm like, wait, what's going on? like not showing them finding a body that was it's like Uh, why would you do this why wouldn't you just show them finding a body they're kind of getting from this confusing dialogue that they found a body but it'd be nice if you helped it out with the art yeah a a 10 out of a 10 out of 10 for like style and uniqueness and but maybe storytelling like a six or seven on the art it was a little there were some panels where i didn't know what was going on but um how would you describe the art for those who aren't watching the YouTube video, who aren't seeing pictures of the art? Uh, how would you describe it? I guess it's kind of like, uh, uh, if I'm trying to think of people who it reminds me of, it's a little Sienkiewicz-y yeah. with uh, maybe a little Simonson mixed in, like the sharp edges on things. Um, like it definitely I, makes sense why they would have him do like New Mutants, what, 31 to 33 or whatever it was, where they yeah, right after the Bill yeah. stuff, like, yeah, this was a good transition if you're going to follow that up. Maybe even a little Howard Chaikin-y, Um Yeah, a little bit of that. I would say better than, than that, but yeah. yeah. Along those lines. That's what we're dealing with here. And, uh, yeah, and the it, coloring, I think, is really, really the best part. Yes, it's it really sets very it off. Colorful, very colorful. Yes, very different than most comic books you would see. Particularly those sections of the coyote folklore and stuff. Those... Uh, sections are really something visually to look at so uh yeah so big thumbs up for steve Leoloa here uh i loved his work here but you can see why it took five and a half months i mean he really put his effort into this but um (laughs) yeah yeah i guess yeah no wonder he was was doing the coloring and the art like that's going to take long uh so the writing though with Engelhart. Just a mess. No. Just an absolute fucking mess. <laughs> I, this was like a pilot episode for a TV show that didn't do a very good job of getting you hooked. <laughs> this is not how you do a first issue of something. This, oh. this just isn't it. 
<laughs> Again, you, you need to establish the hero right away. Why why do we care about him? Why is he likable? Why should we re- they he did none of that. This this guy is not likable at all. This uh, I don't I could give a fuck what happens to him. Uh I like Cassie <laughs> and Natalie just cuz they're foxy ladies and they seem nice and I like them, but I don't understand what's going on with him. Uh the shadow cabinet, I still I I guess we know they want to take over the world. We have the guy with half a head and the mask. I guess that's something. Um, but I, I don't know. I None of this worked no. at all. <laughs> this is all just very confusing. I have no idea. Like like, like that guy I said in the letter column, uh, issues from now, no idea what his powers are. No idea <laughs> what he can do. Like, yeah, maybe instead of the, all the, the backstories of the coyote, like myth and stuff like that, maybe save that for later on. And first you recap what's happened and who this guy is yes. and what his powers are. Like yes. the more relevant stuff. Like I have no idea. Like for at first I thought, okay, well, he's just like a werewolf. He turns into a coyote when the moon's out because that sounded what it sounded like. But then you see him leaving with the astral plane and shit floating around. I'm like, oh, well, maybe that's all he is. He's just a, an astral coyote spirit, kind of like a brother voodoo situation where he has his brother's spirit inside him, you know, and it goes out. Um, but then that's not what it, what it is either, really. Cause then we see him later turning into kind of like a coyote guy riding the motorcycle and shit. So I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know anything. Like, um, it's one thing to do that if you're like, okay, he's just discovering his powers and like, like you don't, he doesn't know what that, what they are. So the audience can't know either. And he's, we're discovering it together, but no, he knows his powers. It's, they're just not telling us in the audience. <laughs> yeah. And, Man, the dialogue was just weird a lot of the times. Uh, this is a mess, a giant mess. And if you read no, the introduction, that up. You, you almost get an idea that this Steve Englehart fella, at this point in time in 1980, he was really full of himself. He was really <laughs> full of himself. <laughs> he was riding high. And he thought he could do no wrong, and he's just got uh, whatever he put, puts down on paper is awesome, you know, and everyone should love it. And he's doing all this crazy stuff because it's epic. Epic comics, I can do. I'm a creator owned. I can do what I want, you know. It's like, yeah, creator freedom's a great thing until you get it. And yeah, <laughs> maybe not the best yeah. thing. <laughs> Epic comics seem to have that problem. Remember, Electra Assassin, it's like, oh, started out all right, but yeah. then Frank Miller just went a little bit too Frank Miller. And it's like, it's not crazy. It's like all these wrestlers who leave WWE for that creative freedom, and then they get out on their own, they fucking stink, <laughs> you know? They're all terrible. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, might need someone to rein you in every once in a while. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, the stories, like, do you see, uh, some people in the letters column I read from issues later, they said, uh, this has potential or something, but maybe it, it has potential, but it needed to be focused more, narrow the scope of what you're trying to do here. I don't know, <laughs> simplify things. Yeah. It's um, hard to say it has potential when I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what his powers are. Like, if I knew more about it, maybe I would be like, oh, yeah, then you could you could reboot this, and it might be decent. But as it is, it's like a half a concept, kind of like half Dome's head. <laughs> and I guess he, he probably doesn't want to – well, this isn't a traditional superhero book. We're trying to do new things. Well, yeah, but there's a reason those things are done the way they are because they work yeah. and they're effective storytelling. <laughs> That's what – you need effective storytelling so the readers know what's going on. Uh, yeah, this is just a mess, all around mess. But the art's nice. I like the art a lot. So uh, sure. Yeah. So I would yeah. recommend it for people to like read it, just to at least look at it. Maybe not read it, look at yeah, it. Yeah, flip through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, Leoliola is already nine. The story it's a one, <laughs> so maybe like a five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's about how it averages out. Yeah, that's 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 an accurate rating right there. So yeah, Coyote. Yeah, experience. Yeah, that state Steve Leolo was not the one that stuck around because <laughs> he was the one pulling all the weight here. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe just check out the YouTube video of this year podcast. I have a lot of pages up there of the book. You can see that. Then you don't even have to worry about reading the book. You just. Uh, yeah. know that. <laughs> All right, so there it is, Coyote issue one, nineteen eighty three. It's it's different. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> I'll give it that. All right, Jack. And uh, kind of made Grant Morrison last week make even more sense. I was like, yes. wow, I thought yes, I did. <laughs> Who would have guessed that would have been the more coherent Coyote story? Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> so, again, 
with the, uh, I, I feel like we should talk more about Graham Morrison and the Animal Man, <laughs> but I don't, just because <laughs> the guy had no idea that the coyote was still alive. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if you have them stop right. the, if you have them stop the truck, get out of the truck, see the dead coyote resurrect himself, like holy shit, that's the devil, and then drive off. All right, it would make sense. But no, he has no idea that thing's still living. I didn't even get the impression he thought it was a coyote man. Like he just thought he ran over a regular coyote. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so why would he expect that that was what made his life go to shit? This makes no sense. All right. Anyway. <laughs> um, all right. So that's two weeks in a row. Hopefully, Jank, you pick something that doesn't involve a coyote for next week. <laughs> well, I got you there because there will be no coyotes in this book. That's uh, but. We're going from Epic Comics to another comic book publisher that starts with an E. Eclipse? Uh, no. <laughs> Little wow. known company here. Because last week, uh, as I believe I mentioned last week, um, we were talking about Brian Boland because he did the cover of that Animal yeah. Man issue. And I was like, well, my next pick's going to actually be a book that Brian Boland worked on quite a bit. Uh, so that's what I'm picking this week. I'm going to pick an Eagle comic. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, Eagle I, Comics. I had no idea there was <laughs> such a thing as Eagle Comics. Everyone's favorite publisher. We're going to do Judge Dredd number oh. two. Judge Dredd number two. I've heard of Judge Dredd, obviously. Yeah. Uh, what year is this? 1983. Oh, same year as Coyote. How about that? Yeah. Judge. Is this like the first volume of Judge Dredd? Like. You know what? I'm not sure. I think this was the earliest one I saw, so it, it very well might be. Yeah, I have no history of Judge Dredd. I never even watched the movies or anything. So. Oh, the Stallone movie is shit, but the Carl Urban one is great. <laughs> I wish they would do a sequel to that one, but he's ba- they just won't. As an outsider, he's basically a uh, badge-carrying Punisher. Like he's a yeah, pretty much. He's judge, jury, and executioner. Like <laughs> yeah, 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 that's. They, That's right. They are cops, and uh, yeah, they get to just you know they get to uh, do the sentencing themselves, basically. So all right, yeah, That's right. That is the tagline. I remember that. Yeah, judge. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, all right, next week, Judge Dredd, issue two from nineteen eighty three. This will be good. Um, any idea who wrote this, or did he? Um, let's see. What if it's Engelhart? We just shit on him. For John a- Wagner. I don't know. Who I that think is. it's actually like three three stories. So they may have different writers on each one, but I think Boland right. does the art on all of them. I had no Eagle Comics. I had no idea they were the Judge Dredd publisher. I, yeah, I think he definitely went to somewhere else later on. But I guess we can do all that research yeah. now. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week here, right here on the big show. So until then, don't get any jank on you. <laughs>